What is up and welcome in to the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann. I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-hosts. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Grambling State legend. He played second base for the Tigers back in the day. He was all swack. He's Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got the NFL draft enthusiast. If the NFL knew right, he'd be in the interview rooms this week trying to find a job. But I don't think they uh, they've caught on yet. But we we getting we're trying to get you there, man. Appreciate it's Glenn Morgan. That. You can catch all his work at NBCSportsChicago.com and the My Teams app. And uh, before we get to football, it was you know big weekend uh, with playoffs. What did they call it? The super the super wild card weekend. Right, I don't right. I don't know why they needed to add the super in there, you know, just wild card weekend, just yeah. one extra game. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, the Bears are looking for a GM and a head coach. But uh, before we get into that, let's start with the Bulls, who the last time we talked, things were riding high. <laughs> <laughs> things were looking great. We were number one in the East and uh we beat Detroit by 46. Yeah. And then the Nets came to town and we've lost what four straight now. Four straight. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, um, should I be worried about my 50, my 50 wins that I predicted for the Bulls coming yep, up and, here? And that other sandwich you're gonna get me. Yep. No, I don't think we bet this time. <laughs> I don't think we bet this time. <laughs> but yeah. Yes, I, I think we should be worried about 50. I'm thinking 46 might be hopeful at this point. I, I, I'm, being, I'm being a bit dire in my thoughts in that regard, but it it's just because some of these injuries, they're concerning to me because they seem like they could pop up again later on. They're lingering. They seem to be some lingering type things. But they had the potential to be that. Most definitely, I agree with you. And and they're tricky because they're they're it's not like you know a gimpy ankle or like even hamstrings are, are, are you know it's a soft tissue injury it can be ischematic but knee so many funky things can happen inside a knee and you just have to be super precautious with those things take a lot of precautions and you know I, I don't know where I mean the team showed a lot of fight you know, when they played Boston and it looked like, man, you know, we might get one. This would be a good win because we might not win. The other one's coming up and they, they show some tenacity. They show like, hey, we are a team. And it's crazy because we've seen the Bulls earlier this year win without Zach. We've seen them win without, you know, uh, Vooch. We've seen them win without the Rose. We've seen them win without some key players, but it just seems like it's all at once the wrong time against the wrong teams. And it's just like that slippery slope or that 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 snowball that's just gaining momentum and just coming down on us right now. And it it's, it looks dubious right now. I don't know when we're going to get out of this slide. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's yes, the health is a major concern. And then you look at the schedule <laughs> right. at the time it popped up, like with COVID, when COVID struck us. It was, it was kind of like, okay, this player here, this player there. But it wasn't all at one time. Now we're without three starters and three key role players at one time. That's six players 
heavily in your rotation that are out. And Tyler Cook even was giving us some good, good minutes when he was playing, you know, so to lose him as well, you know, that, that, that was tough, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be a tough stretch. I could say the only positive is the rest of the league is losing too. It's, it's just crazy right now. Like, and it makes me wonder the effect of COVID after the fact, when you miss an extensive amount of time due to COVID where you can't really stay in shape, you know, keeping that body flowing. And now everyone that's coming back is getting injured. I mean, look at KD. KD he just got to, injured. Four to six weeks. You know, it, it's, it's, it's like, is it going to be, is that the next wave? Because COVID was the first wave. Is the injury bug the next wave throughout the league? You know, right. and you know, like like I said, we I don't have any fear of us making a playoffs or anything like that. I think we're gonna be perfectly fine there. Uh still to be a top four seed in my opinion. Um teetering because all these teams are now have gotten closer. Top six for sure. No play in. I'll say that. I'll I'll say that with confidence. Uh but yeah, it's it's 50 wins is definitely uh Concern right now. It, it was it know? was it was looking so good, yeah. man. Shoot, I, you halfway I there? We was, look, I thought we was gonna hit our last year's win total before All Star break, and now I'm worried that that won't even happen. Man. We got thirty. We got twenty seven wins. We right. need four more by All Star break to well, match last year's win total. I think I think the key the key is getting back to full strength. Yeah, you know. I'll start breaking fast enough. Yeah, well, yeah, that 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 break will, will need to happen, but but just getting back before uh, before we get to April, I think, um, and just making sure that we can we can get back to you know to gel at the right time, and then when playoff time comes, we're ready to go. Uh, the Zach thing worries me, and I know he had his MRI, and it came back that there was no structural damage. That's cool, but just the way he he felt something. Mm-hmm. And just the way he he did the uh, the intentional foul on Steph and then walked straight to the locker room. Walked straight, yeah. Um, that's something to worry about. If it's you know, I don't like I said, we don't we don't know what it is. Uh, hopefully, if he you know he puts some ice on it, rest you know a few days, and he'll be all right. But that put some dirt that, on it. But that yeah, <laughs> put some dirt on it, rub some dirt on it, and, and get going. But that that's that sounds mental. Because that's the same knee that he that he uh, that he tore his ACL on, right? Um, so that that worries me a little bit, you know. Um, Vooch, you brought up the COVID thing. This should have been the point here where he said, "Okay, I'm the All Star here. I should step up." And yeah, he has he hasn't done that. You know, he should have dominated in that uh, the Memphis game Boston. last night. Oh, he should have okay. the Boston game too. The Boston game too, and you know we we haven't seen that. Um, Demar's still doing his thing, but there's only so much that that he can do. But um, mm-hmm. but on the bright side, when we started this season, I think I was the only idiot that said that they'd win 50 games. Uh, most you people you weren't wrong about that. I think you most too wrong. Most people, if we stay well, healthy, no, but 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 I'm, but I'm saying though. You know, uh, most people had this team hopefully being in the top six 
five was was about the the spot that everybody thought the scene would be in and we're ahead of that clip right now so i think we all need to just chill out <laughs> let let this play i can say yeah, let's get to the all-star break you know we get to all-star break and get you know we, we can get a little bit of rest but um but yeah it's, it's it was it's been a worrisome week no doubt about it for bulls fans but i think you guys brought up a great point is that it's a lot of the same stuff is happening to not just a few teams in the league, but like league wide. Yeah. Guys are getting got, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's long-term or not, I don't want to say long-term, but there's some extended, you know, injury stage, you know, you're talking two, three weeks here, four to six weeks here, a week here, and that's just injuries. And then you throw in COVID and that affects things randomly and, and indiscriminately as well. So that's going to be something that, can be that's going to be kind of almost omnipresent throughout the season because you can get it and then you could get it again. You know, it's not like just because you got it, you're done and you're good for the season. It, right. it can come back, you know, and then if it comes back, it could go through the team again. So, you and, and, you know, we're not just talking, you know, the players, we're talking coaches, we're talking announcers. I mean, we, we've seen everything, you know, so that's concerning. But again, that's something that's happening. Like I said, it's omnipresent, something that's happening league wide. So, with that, there's the hope that we don't fall too far behind everybody else, which was my concern at the beginning of this stretch, because I'm like, oh, man, we playing all these teams and we losing these guys. We're about to go one and eight, you know, oh, and nine or whatever. We just won nine in a row. We're going to give it right back. All right. You know, and we may still, but other teams may not be able to take advantage. Maybe they gain two games on us or three games. So, we, you know, we just fall back to the pack and I can live with that if we get healthy going forward. But as you mentioned earlier with COVID and the long-term effects and the unknown effects, how it's getting to players, like it could be sapping their energy and that sapping of energy could be leading to these soft tissue injuries mm-hmm. or these angle twists or these whatever, you know, so that's something to look, you know, that's something to be concerned about as well. You know, you can't control it with Zach. You said uh, earlier is that it, it could be mental. Now, Zach seems to be the type of athlete who is, keenly aware acutely tuned in to every aspect of his persona his body his biological makeup his physiology whatever adjective you want to use his anatomy because <laughs> this dude is such a he you know you look at his workout regimen and you're like man this dude is working like every finite you know aspect of any muscle you know i like muscles we you know have muscles you know but he doesn't just do it to put on bulk you know he he, you know, he does a lot of stretching, probably because of the injury. And he's probably so much more, you know, an advocate of this because of the injury he has. So he does not want that to happen again. Um, I'm not overly concerned that he won't play aggressively eventually because he played through that thumb injury, which I thought took some uh, some stones a little bit because that thumb injury can really mess you up. Yeah, you know, absolutely. as a shooter like yeah. him, it yeah. really mess you up. Uh, and he played through that. So I, I think when he's right, when he's physically, they, you know, they give him the okay. I don't think we'll be seeing him dunking too much, and I'm okay with that. But, you know, he, he'll probably be more perimeter-oriented, and that's that, I think, may affect some aspect of the team, you know. But I, I think eventually he'll move, you know, once he gets more confidence, I think he'll move towards being um, a bit more aggressive, at least going to the hole when nobody's really there. Or maybe maybe he might work on his postgame, you know. And if he works on his postgame, I'm okay with that because – He's the type of player that always seems to be looking for a way to elevate his game. So, hey, mm-hmm. I can't I can't take you. I can't take you, you know, face up and slam on you like I've been doing. And, you know, but I can go on the post. He's a good passer. He's got good height. He's got good length. 
he could be in the post and maybe, you know, that that's something that adds an element to his game and that can be, you know, something other teams haven't aren't, aren't used to defending just yet because they're used to Zach being one kind of way. Um, I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm like my whole point is I'm hopeful, but I'm cautiously hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the grind of 82 game season, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, hey, up and coming team. It sucks to say injuries, you know, is starting to kind of derail the plans. But, hey, like you said, once we get healthy, I tell you this. Like I said, we're not falling out of the top six, in my opinion. We get healthy and get our groove back at the right time. Team's going to be scared again. So, I mean, right. I think we straight uh, – we brought a booch. Man, oh, man. That guy is a roller coaster, man, because I think we are all right if he, if you know, if Vooch is a bull. I think we're good. Like, but we could be so much better if Vooch played a damn game, man. Like, yesterday, it's no way six guys in that lineup should outscore you as far as on the Bulls lineup. Right. Like Matt Thomas shouldn't be outscoring you. <laughs> like, no. like, come on, man. Like those type of things can't happen. You know, like at this point, you should you should be expecting yourself to be the second best player. You should be the number team. two. Yes, absolutely. Without without question. You know, and like it's just like, come on, man. Like 20 like, should be a layup every night. You yes. Should be, you should be 20, 2010, 2012 every night. Like Without even trying, I should say without trying, but without, you know, without it being a struggle, that that, that should exactly. be that should and be. It, yeah. And it's not like he's 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 getting good looks, man. He's it's just great looks. It's just not falling for him, man. For whatever reason, I don't know. Man, I don't know when when I watched him play, when he rushes shots, he never hit. When he catch, set, give it a good, uh, give a nice little pause before he takes <laughs> a shot. Nine times out of ten, it goes in. Like, if he just slow himself down when he's looking to score, he will be better. If you watch some of his best games this season, he was patient. He was in rhythm. It was nothing rushed about his game. Like, he he get that ball and he quickly jacked that three without – and he always got space. So, he yes. can easily take his time and shoot it. He could do the Lonzo ball even if he wants to. Alonzo catch. Oh, y'all ain't gonna come out. I'm gonna dribble one time <laughs> and reset and shoot. Like he, but he 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 rushed it. The quick little hook shot. I hate that one. Yeah. Like I hate it. Like where he well, that, don't even look at the rim. Like, it should be, it should be there for bounce him, around, get But he rushes it, is what I'm saying. The shot is there. It's not a bad shot. It's not yeah, rushing. Yeah, yeah. Like, take your time. Like, you can still do that, get yourself in the position to get up and see the rim and do it. Like, so that's just my thing with him, man. I think I think he's putting too much pressure on himself. Probably. I think that's what he's doing. I think he, you know, he he wants to still prove that he's that all-star, and then he doesn't want to kind of overstep with Zach but and, and DeRozan but, has right. going. But, like, dude, like – he got to understand how dominant this team could be if he hooped. I'm saying that this week he should be in Orlando. Well, yeah, you're right. He should be in Orlando Vooch's mindset. That, hey. Yeah, 27 is, against Boston. Zach is gone. I'm going to get mine, you know? That, that, 
but we, we've all participated, you guys at a higher level than myself, but we've all participated in some type of organized sporting activity. And the more skilled the activity, the more, if your mind is not right, it doesn't matter how big you are, how athletic you are, how gifted you are, you know, physically, if your mind's not right, <laughs> you could be Chuck Knobloch, <laughs> you know, be thrown from second base into the stands, you to know, the stands. And, yep. you know, you could be Nick Anderson, miss those free throws in the finals and it messes with you the rest of your career. And everybody knows that missing those, those free throws in the finals against Houston messed him up. The dude was like an 80 plus percent free throw shooter. He just, his game just deteriorated, not all at once, but you could tell it was just like, dude, he ain't been right since. So Vooch has got to be careful not to, you know, let it get in his head. And yeah. that could be part of the problem because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you hear teams say, man, we left a lot of, especially in football, man, we left a lot of points out there on the field. That dude is leaving like six to eight points every night. Mm-hmm. Even when he scores 30, he could have scored 36. Yeah. Even when he scores 27, he could have scored 35. When he scores 20, he could have been 26. When it's 17, it's like, dude, you know, you should have had like 24 points. Yeah. And and it's not because he's missing free throws. He's missing like three. He's closer than the free throw yeah. line. <laughs> you know, I ain't talking about the threes. You know, that's that's you know, okay, I, I get that. You know, all right, you, you know, you if you 35, 42%, whatever, and he's around that. I'm talking about when he's shooting like 40% from five feet in. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, how are you like how are you right. missing that? Right. You know, and it's not like he's getting blocked or the person in front of behind him is really doing much to stop him. He's just you know, oh, good, he, good looks, good looks, great looks most yes. times. Now, I will say this. I am pleasantly pleased with the way uh, Kobe's been playing. Man. I mean, this is the most yeah. consistent stretch this early in the season. Like sometimes he had that stretch late in the season where he's like, oh, OK, yeah, he can play. And he comes back. And it's like, man, why are you struggling? Oh, in the, the season. Oh, he's good. This year, I'm like, dude, like you've been pretty good since you came back from, you know, your, your COVID stand and mm-hmm. your, you know, your, your shoulder situation. He came back. He's been pretty good, man. And, no, he's taking that three confidently. Sometimes I'm like, dude, don't. Oh, okay. No, all right. You're hitting it. All right. He's not turning the ball over as much. Um, he's just – he's playing really well, and that's a good thing. I just I, – I hate that Patrick was out. This would be a great time for him to try, you know, to really be able to learn and elevate his game and, and be able to be that, you know, auxiliary score, that that ancillary score that we need. But, you know, say la vie. That's – you know, that, that ship is sailed. But I, this team – Man, so much potential there. And they're not an old team. So, you know, we got a couple of older players in Vooch and DeRozan. But for the most part, it's still a really young team. And I have faith that this front office will make adjustments. They seem to be able to get, you know, decent players. Um, I don't know what kind of trade situations we'll see going forward. But I have faith that they'll figure something out. And I like the fact that they don't rush through stuff, but they're not afraid to make it adjustments mm-hmm. i like the way donovan coaches because he doesn't lose his mind he's not losing his shit on the sidelines because things are going sideways he's very composed he's like you know you can tell he's like he's thinking it through trying to figure it out trying to figure it out and the team plays like that the team play remember when we had that chucklehead last year i can't remember dude's name <laughs> we had that chucklehead last year this team was just it was chaotic because that dude was two just, years ago two years. Last year. oh two years ago i'm sorry two years ago that dude was sweating you know he's just get this and he's blaming players he's got a punch club just all kinds of sh- chicanery and shenanigans and just goofy ass shit well this is a professional team and you can see this a professional team and as professionals they are handling things in a very you know I hate to sound redundant, but very professional manner. You can tell even in the post conference, uh, the, the post, um, uh, the uh, 
Post-game press conference. Thank you. Post-game press conferences from DeRozan on down, you know, from the coach down to DeRozan to some of the other players, even, even the rookie, Dusomo, you mm-hmm. know, handling things like, you know, like, like, you know, very pragmatically and matter-of-factly and just, you know, like, hey, this is what we got to do. And, you know, they're not making excuses. And, and it's not like that's unusual, but it's the way they say it. It's how they speak confidently. It's how they speak thoroughly. You can tell they're they're very conscious well, about what they say. You know what I'm saying? Io is Chicago publicly trained. You know, so that's <laughs> that's what we bring and, and, out. And, and that's big time, though. Like you say, because I look at it there. So the fans were panicked, <laughs> right? The, the media is giving yeah, yeah. the typical. I'm, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you I were, told you so. You were at the you were at the Nets game, right? Yeah. You were at the Nets. Were, were you at the Warriors game? I was at the Nets. I wasn't at the, the Nets. Warriors okay. Game. What what was the uh, what was the atmosphere like? The atmosphere was game? electric. It was electric, but from what I saw as as a fan and as just a person analyzing basketball, I saw a Brooklyn team who came out with the mindset that we cannot lose this game and lose all three games to the Bulls. The Bulls in the first half came out with the mindset, like we know they're going to give us everything they got. We're going to just try to keep it close. In the second half, they were asleep. It was 11 o'clock. It was like, it was late as hell. Like, you know, like they were asleep and granted everybody like, well, it's it's 12 o'clock in Brooklyn. Yeah. But when you're playing desperate, they were playing desperate basketball like they were not. I mean, I'm not saying they wasn't playing like Katie played, but you can see the energy and life in them that they came with the mindset that we're not losing this game. No matter what we do after this game, this game, we're not losing. I mean, it showed they lost the next one, you know, like they lost the game before us. They lost the game after us. Like, so they they sandwiched in a nice win. You know, I mean, they got hot in the third quarter, went on like a 30 to 10 run. Yeah. You know, it was it, it it was just. Yeah, that thing, that thing, that, that thing escalated real quick. It was 71, yeah. 71. I was I was sitting uh, watching the game. <laughs> And oh, it was just like damn, 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 damn. Yeah. Next thing you knew, they were up forty. It was like, what, what just happened? And it, it, it literally <laughs> happened that quick. Man. And it wasn't as, and it was like it wasn't even as devastating as watching what Golden State did to yeah. us the next yeah. game. Golden State, what they did, you felt that. What Brooklyn did, it was like, wait, how did that even just happen? Right. right. Like it just came out of nowhere. Like. Golden State controlled that game from pretty much start to finish, you know. And then when Zach went down, it was like all the all Energy. the air just just left. Like you know, three minutes in the game, Golden State was playing well for the first three minutes, but you no one would have thought it was just going to turn into what it turned into, right? Right. You know, but even them, and this is what I was about to say. That brings me to my point with GM saying, you know, how the guys talking in press conference and I'm saying how the fans were panicking and the media is, see, they're not ready for prime time and all this type of stuff, you know, yet, you know, they're approaching it like, like it's a regular NBA season. Like Golden State, when they came in and beat us, had less, just lost four or five. 
Like, these teams are losing games. Like, you know, like, it's happening throughout the league. You know, and I, I posted that. I'm like, you know, teams on the up and coming, they can't lose, especially on primetime because the media is ready to jump on them. See, they not built for this. You know, like, you know, they not ready for this, you know, and it's like, damn, like, what what was that talk? What what was the Brooklyn ain't ready for this when we was smashing on their ass? You know, like, granted, they got us now, and Kyrie wasn't even a factor. That's what really made me mad, because I'm like, now they talking this junk. Like, we lost to the same team we beat twice. Right. Kyrie was just there. Right. That's how I viewed it. Kyrie was just there. Like, <laughs> Like, man, like, it's the NBA, man. No one is thinking this was the 96 Bulls. You know, 50 wins is still in reach. You know, it's going to be tougher, but that's because of injury. Yeah. It's not because our team just stink. You know, like, even even if Zach don't go down or Zoe don't go down, Ball, I mean, uh, Caruso, Green, and Jones are key pieces to this team. Absolutely. Like they only mention opponents, like they they mention their injuries. Like if it's a key player, like unfortunately with the Bulls, everybody's a key player. We have our stars, but Caruso, Green, and Jones play a major factor in our success. Our defense has been lacking. It was lacking when Zoe and Caruso was out. And then when Green got out too, that really took it down. Like that energy they bring is different. Like you need that, man. So we lost we lost Jones in the first 20 seconds of the Brooklyn game. Right. You know? So. And poor, yeah, bring, speaking of that, poor uh Alonzo McKinney. McKinney man. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Yeah, get up, get up, cat. Go in and uh stick number seven. That's your job. Oh, man. Oh, man. You see that one time? He stuck his hand right in Katie's face. Knocked down. Just knocked down. He, and he just put his arm <laughs> down like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> that, 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 that poor guy. Hey, before we, before we uh, get off Bulls, uh, next four. Cleveland, Milwaukee, which I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad that we're not gonna have everybody at full strength. I know Caruso uh, may be back for Cleveland. He should be back tomorrow. Yeah, but um, everybody's not gonna be back from Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the bright side, uh, Orlando, and then Oklahoma City. Uh- <laughs> hey, hey I, I, I'm, I'm not counting that Orlando game because. Again, if there's any type of team we tend to struggle with, is long athletic teams. Orlando kind of gives us little fits. We usually figure them out. We've been figuring them out, but that's when we've been, you know, more healthy. So, uh, and like you say, I mean, we've seen the the Nets lose to the teams that you know the Charlotte Hornets or or lesser teams, or you know, somebody lost to Detroit Pistons. I can't remember what really good team lost to Detroit Pistons, but they got Milwaukee bro, twenty five point lead yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so to the I'm Hawks, like, the net the Nets <laughs> lost to the Pistons, didn't they? I think the Nets lost yeah, to the Pistons. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm not looking past. We we we. Hey, we made the feel- NBA. All these guys right. are professionals. I you mean, know. granted to what we've been facing, it feels a lot better. You know, it's like going from like sub-zero weather to 10 degrees. It's still mm-hmm. cold out, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. still got to put a coat on. You know, mm-hmm. it may seem a little warmer, but it's still below zero. And we're kind of frigid right now with with our winning streaks, or, you know, because we haven't had one. We're in a four-game losing streak. So 
Um, I don't know. Uh, it'd be nice to get two wins on the back end of this, but I, I think that's going to be hard. We're going to hard press with that with those, with those two teams too. I'm gonna go one and three over the next four. Who's your win, Orlando? Between Orlando and OKC, I, I, I OKC to say, somebody. I'm tempted to say don't sleep on us beating Milwaukee. They they have been this season giving up some clunkers in games they should definitely win. Like so, granted, it's the Bulls. They probably like you know, forget that they hurt. We still got to make a statement. But I wouldn't put it past them. I'm ruling tomorrow as an L, period. That's 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 an L. <laughs> Cleveland yeah. is hooping, man. Yeah, another bad. another hey, that's hooping. a bad matchup. <laughs> right. Another long team yeah. with a really good point guard. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, I say two and two. Yeah, I'm I'm going 0 and 4. All right. Mm. Uh let's move on to uh the NFL and the Bears. Uh the Bears, I think they, I think I, something I like. They're bringing in everybody. Okay, I, I, I it's probably easier to name who they haven't brought in, <laughs> or who's scheduled. <laughs> Everybody's coming in to interview for this job. I think it's a good thing. I think it's good just to just to get a sense of of uh, what's out there, how they, how people see um, the direction of uh, that that your team can go in uh, to be successful. See how other teams structure their own organization, you know, and get get insight that way. Um, so have no no issue with that. Obviously, nothing's coming that's come out of there uh, with uh, in, in in saying who the favorites are or anything like that. So mm-hmm. you know, nothing nothing to report there. But here's the uh, the question I have, starting with the GM. If you were being interviewed this week. Mm-hmm. How would you um, structure this roster going and in, going into the future here? Um, we need picks. We need picks. Um, a couple of free agents will help, but I'm not going to delve heavily into free agency. Um, well, we need picks. And to get picks, we need to start trading away some, some talent. Uh, we are not in a position where we're going to win next year. And by win, I mean win a Super Bowl. We may be able to get to the playoffs. We may not. A lot, a lot happens in NFL seasons, a lot of attrition in the NFL. And because there is a lot of attrition, you need depth on your team. Hence, once again, we need picks. We need to build this roster. Um, the Denver Broncos, very, very talented team. Somewhere... I can't quite remember when they traded Von Miller, but they realized we're going to still try and fight and get in the playoffs, but there's a, there's a chance we probably won't make the playoffs. We're in a tough division, blah, blah, blah. Von Miller is towards the tail end of his career. It hurts us to trade him because he's the face of the franchise, but he has our most, you know, he's our highest commodity. You know, we can get the most for him. Um, we can get something for him, even this late into the year. Um, and they traded him. And I don't think they're going to, it's not going it, it to, if Bob Mill stayed on the team, they wouldn't have done any better. Nope. So I was very upset that this past organization was very myopic and very self-centered and how they chose to go about this season. 
Uh, I think they were trying to win to save their jobs. And I know that sounds like, well, shouldn't you always do that? But I, I also believe you should be in good faith of the position that you were hired to do. And that's work for the Chicago Bears and to the benefit of the Chicago Bears. So they need to trade some players. Now, you know, if they had signed the wide receiver, Allen Robinson, maybe they trade him and they can get something for him. But that's not going to happen because they franchise tagged him. Hicks, I think they let his contract run through, so not going to get anything back for that. Um, Mac is basically the person I'm, I'm looking at right now. And maybe mm-hmm. uh, Trevathan, if, he's, if, if the length of his contract, I have to double check. But my point is, and maybe even Eddie Jackson, the point is you just trade away some of these players, man. And this is a deep draft in the positions that you're trading away. This is a deep draft when it comes to edge rushers. Very deep. You can get a really good one that could be a really great player mid, late second round into the third round. It's deep at cornerback. Very deep at cornerback. It's deep at safety. And safeties don't usually go in the first round. Not really. Not not heavily. Safeties kind of go heavily in the third, fourth, and fifth round. So you can get a really good safety or two, but you need to trade and get these picks. So that's my point. I, I think you need to trade some of your, you know, tradable commodities, get some depth uh, via the draft so you can build from that. And the most important thing is, obviously, you've got to bring in the right head coach, right coordinators, specifically the offensive coordinator, because you really need to make sure you develop your franchise quarterback. Otherwise, trading up for him was a waste. Um, he's a talented individual. I think we all can see that. Does he have flaws? Yes. Does he have things and areas he needs to improve? Most definitely. But that's where the coaching comes in. No first-round quarterback this year, with the exception of Mac Jones, had a good statistical season. And Mac Jones, we know he had a good year because, you know, they coached him the right way. They didn't coach him to do more than what he could do. And they built the team. You know, the team was kind of more or less built already. And he'll be better going forward. To be quite honest with you, the quarterback that had probably the best rookie quarterback this season was a Houston Texas quarterback. Mills. Yes, yes. And then they fired that coach. We'll get to that later. But, you know, so a lot of these uh, quarterbacks, the first-round quarterbacks, they all, you know, they need, they need help. They need coaching. And the Bears are in a position where they can hire somebody specifically to say, hey, what are your plans and how, will you, how do you see about developing it? And let then based upon – I'm sorry, go ahead. Let me ask this. If a GM candidate comes in and says, yeah, I'm not high on fields, I say we would trade fields and start over at the quarterback position. You don't hire is that, that GM. A, is, that, is that a no-go? That's you a don't no-go. hire that GM. He's a, he's a, he's a second-year player. That, that's you, a no-go. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just – that – you don't want the job if you say that. In my opinion, <laughs> just just simple as no, that. No, I'm, I'm saying that, and, and 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 don't I don't I don't want people to think that that's that's what I want because I'm a, I'm a Fields fan. I'm saying that there are people out there that that think that. Yeah, I, I think. Well, in in line with what uh, Brandon was saying, is like you don't hire that GM because you have to understand. First off, it's like, how much were you really paying attention to this team before you came to this interview? Did you look at, you know, did you look at how he played? Did you look at, you know, uh, enough plays? Did you did you scout the team out? Okay. And then the other question is, okay, if you do that, what exactly or who exactly are you trying to replace them with? If you're telling me you're replacing them with a veteran who's 28 years old, 
you know, and it has a good, you know, six year window without, you know, possible decline and you know, you can get him. Maybe I might listen to that because maybe I can get a, you know, a boatload of picks for Justin possibly, but realistically that person doesn't exist. I mean, you're not, right. who you use a David Carr. Is that who you're trying to get? Eh. I think Fields has a higher higher ceiling than that guy. I mean, who are you trying to get? No one from this draft class. I mean, it's debatable if you really have legitimate franchise-type quarterbacks. You might have some quarterbacks that are going the first round because, well, they're quarterbacks. But there's nobody making anybody think that anybody from last year's draft will be the first one taken this year as far as the quarterbacks. As far as the guys that were taken in the first round last year, they'd be the first ones taken this year. That's how much of a drop-off this class is. The thought, so now, I think – I think the thought is right now Fields may be the only guy that can get you a first rounder. You don't need to but get you a don't first need rounder. a first rounder. You don't need you don't to get need a first rounder. First. You just need to build your stockpile of draft picks. We've got a second and a third round, and I think the next two are our fifth rounders. What um what did what did what did the Broncos get back in return for um for Miller? Great Miller. question. That I don't know off the top of my head. I wasn't remember. a first rounder. I know that. I think I, I want to say it was a second and a third, maybe. Possibly. I don't, I don't, or second. I'll have, have to look it up. But that's 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 just the the thought out there. Well, take the Broncos for example, since we're talking about them. They have a first round pick, but they have a quarterback quandary. Everything's pretty much in place, but the quarterback. They've got good corners. They've got good young safeties. Uh, their linebacker was a little dinged up this year, but they got depth of linebacker. Little light in the defensive line. They might need, you know, a bigger body there to run a three, four defense. So get get more of a, you know, a bigger dude in there, possibly. But you can get that in free agency. The offensive line is pretty much solid. Maybe a right tackle you can use. Either you can draft that or in free agency. They're deep at wide receiver. They're deep at running back. And the quarterback situation is, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> you know, so the thought is for you know, the Broncos, if they can somehow finagle a way to get someone like, oh, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers or, you know, there's the free agency quarterback situation is not very good this year. I think Jameis Winston might be the most talented free agent quarterback this year um, as far as unrestricted free agents right now. But they have some draft picks. They have some players. So maybe they can make something happen because they're ready to win now. So if you're the Broncos, do you trade down? If you can't, if you can't get Rodgers, because any quarterback you get right now, you're basically saying we're restarting, because we saw what happened with the rookie quarterback with the team that was good around him with a Hall of Fame coach, and they got their ass whooped in the first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the Broncos are in a tougher division, and a rookie quarterback is not going to be necessarily better than the guys that are already there. It's, it's a steep learning curve. So. They need to try and get a, a, a veteran. So what do they do? They, they have to make a decision with their first-round pick. Situationally, the situation of the Bears is, is not the same, but there's some similarities. The difference is we've got the quarterback, but we need picks. We're not ready to win now, but we need depth. So it's like, you know, what do we need to do? We might need to trade away some pieces in order to get that so that we can build around that guy. So if I'm a GM or if I'm coming in for an interview – I'm like, that's where I'm starting. And I, and, and I need, you know, I need, I don't need to have an offensive coordinator be the head coach. I just need to have a guy that knows how to get a good offensive coordinator, whether he's that or he can, he can uh, attract that. And if he's a DC, then great. You know, you come in, this is Chicago bears. That's another thing too. Chicago, you got to know where you're at and what type of team you're building. You come in Chicago, 
Yeah, you know, you fancy free like the guy we just got going. I got all these promises about the offense and this. How many times have we heard that, man? Uh, Bears offense is going to be fantastic. And it boils down to what? The dominant defense. <laughs> okay. So you build up a dominant defense in Chicago. You get that. You have a dominant defense. You're in every game. You're in every game. And from that, you can build, if you ask me. It, you know what's crazy? In the last decade, you know the best our offense ever looked? In the last decade? In the last decade, to me, the best our offense ever looked was under Tressman. Yes, it was under Tressman. That first, that first and our Tressman. defense was god-awful. Yes. And we issues. were an awful team. Well, we, I'm just, weren't, I mean, we weren't awful. We just weren't as good as we could have been. We were awful the next year. Well, probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, what's, but what's, I, what's the head coach at Michigan State now? Mel, Mel, Mel Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, he, 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 he ruined us. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? It wasn't – you look back on it now, it wasn't his fault. They brought him in and they made him run Lovey's defense, which he had no experience running. I did. I blame him for taking the job. You should have known better. You, 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 yeah, you, so it's, a, it's a professional job. What, what do you but, – but, but I – Turn I down said, that money? No, no. I said that to say – like GM just said, you got to know where you are. It's certain, it's certain places where the defense, like certain things that you're known for is just going to come back to life no matter what. Under Tressman, our offense looked amazing. To, not amazing, but they looked Four far better. Looked the first far better. Amazing. Yeah. That first you know, year. and it was like, damn. But our defense sucked. And I'm like, and then we look at Nagy, he's an offensive genius, supposed to be, but our defense is what kept things possible for him. Like the offense stink. Like, I think the key for us is to get stop listening to the media, first of all, and, <laughs> and promoting these, these wonder kids and all this stuff. Like, stop promoting that stuff and and get somebody who's going to set a culture, set a Chicago Bears culture, like defense and and figure this offense out, like really figure it out. Like, you know, like it's. Uh. Here's the thing, too, man, I, I'm with you. And, and to take that ball and run with it a little bit more, when you hire the coach, whether it's offensive or defensive, whatever, when you hire the coach, make sure that that coach has not just the, the DC in place, but if it's a, if it's a, if it's a defensive coordinator, make sure the linebacker coach is a coach and is a DC in waiting. Make sure if you offer, if you hire an offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach is a coach or an OC in, in waiting. And what I mean by that, you look at some of the examples in the NFL throughout NFL history and in recent history is what I'm talking about. You look at the San Francisco 49ers from the eighties and Bill Walsh, look at that tree. Look at all those coaches in waiting that were right in line all the way down to like Steve Mariucci and John Gruden, you know, he's a jerk of a person, but you know, pretty good coach. You had Holmgren on that, that staff, you know, Steve Mariucci, you had George Seifert, all these coaches and these coaches who won. And not only that, but they took over, except for Holmgren, you look at Mariucci and you look at Seifert, they took over at the 49ers. They promoted from within. So you don't have to worry about trying to find the next guy. The next guy is already there and your culture is already in place. And that's how you maintain. You look at Bill Belichick, you look at the Patriots. Those guys suck once they left the Patriots, but he had yeah, all these a, coaches. No, but I'm saying, 
but what, no, not a great tree outside it, but the success within the, all the Patriots care about are the Patriots. Once you leave there, that's on you. But with ours, the Patriots and their culture, all these coaches are waiting. And these guys are like, you look at Brian Flores, you know, he started as like a pro scout on the team and he worked his way, you know, to defensive back and linebacking coach, you know, defensive coordinator, head coach, all these guys worked their way up and you build that culture because you're promoting from within. How many times have we seen the bears promote from within in our lifetime? Oh, they're always going uh, outside. They're trying to find the next coach. I'm talking Ryan. about. <laughs> well, he wasn't even promoted within. No, I'm talking about, you know, where you, you either you're a position coach and you go to a defensive coordinator or a coordinating position. And then you're the head coach. Never. I remember, I remember what's his, uh, a lovey tried to promote Babbitt, Babbitt or whatever his name was, the linebacking coach to defensive coordinator. And that was horrible. And then that was it. You didn't see anybody else promoted from within. <laughs> I mean, Sean Desai <laughs> probably comes the closest. I was just about to say. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he is one. Yeah, but it, it wasn't the same head coach, though. That coach left. That defensive coordinator left. You know what I'm saying? It, it, but, I mean, yeah, under Nagy, yeah, so to some degree. Decides, I think Desai preceded Nagy, though. I think he was already here. Yeah, he was there under Fox. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, sort of, kind of. <laughs> you like like it's kind of like you accidentally were promoted from within, you know. Right, because Vangio was gone and we brought in Pagano. Pagano. Exactly. So it wasn't like he was promoted right. That's the thing Vangio. since since Dick, because no no one's been here. Well, Lovey was here for 10 years. Um, uh almost nine years. Nine years. But other than that, yeah, the other guys have been gone within a short period of time, though. So when you look at but when Papa Bear was here, you know, he was he was he was the culture because he stayed. He, he, he you know, he was the culture. You, 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 that, that, you, you can't have culture unless you have consistency and sustainability. And we, we don't have that. We're so erratic and we're so this team is so this organization is so reactionary, but but late on the reaction. Like, oh, OK, let's get a team with speed. Well, yeah, OK, but you're forgetting, you know, the power. I mean, they just they do so many things based upon what they think the trend is, but they're so late to the trend. By the time they jump mm-hmm. on it, the trend has already left them and they're already st- still from behind. And, you know, there's still things that they do that are considered, you know, uh, old school and not, you know, modernized enough to do things at a level that's competitive. You look well, at the that's... Pittsburgh Steelers. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they went out and they got Mike Tomlin. And, you know, they went out and they got Cower. But the one thing they do is, they allow their coaches to coach. And we talk about in my lifetime, I've seen three head coaches with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's all they've had. Every single one of them had been to more than one Super Bowl, and every single one of them won a Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Well, that's why you this know? hire is so important. That's yeah. yeah. That's why they got to get it right. So, you know, earlier we were talking about, you know, David Cully and, and we talked about how, you know, the one quarterback that really looked good that was a rookie was a third round draft pick from Stanford and Davis Mills. And it's just a shame that Cully didn't get a chance to see what more he could do. Because if you paid attention watching the Texans play throughout the season, you saw that this team was still not only just playing for the coach and playing for each other, but getting better and gaining confidence and in, in understanding who they were, what they can do, and what their capabilities were. And there were a lot of players that, look, man, I, we all follow football, and I follow a lot. I could not name you five Texans, <laughs> that would, not Deshaun Watson. I could not name you five Texans, not Deshaun Watson at the beginning of the year. At all. Right. And at the end of the year, I still can't name you five. <laughs> I can only name you like three. 
<laughs> you know, so some of those guys might be gone because of free agency. But, but I, I, you know, I went on to look to see, like, you know, how many coaches, and, and, and I'm going to go, you know, African-American coaches. It's, it's kind of the angle I'm going at here. And I've, I, I found 20, you know, since going from Art Shell all the way up to uh, Brian Flores recently and, and David Cully, two coaches recently let go. And out of all the years, I think the added average, it, it, I added up about 130 years worth of coaching with 20, 20 coaches, 20 African-American coaches. So it averaged about 6.5 years is what their average was. Now, what I didn't do was, and I meant to do it, but what I didn't do was I didn't take away the coaches that had obnoxiously amount of obnoxious, an, an op, excuse me, and, an, oh my, I can't talk. An <laughs> obnoxious amount of tenure with their teams. So Mike Tomlin, 15 years with the Steelers. Uh, Marvin Lewis, 16 years with the Bengals. Uh, Dennis Green, a number of years with the Vikings. Um, Tony Dungy, you know, several years with two different teams, you know, 13 years coaching, you know, in the NFL. Um, and you take that away, you start to see that 6.5 average drops to like four something, <laughs> you know, and it's like, how, how much of a, of a, of a opportunity are these guys really getting? Cause when they take these jobs, they're taking over teams that are really bad. It's not like that they're getting bad. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like the George Seifer taking over from Bill Walsh and it's, you know, and it's handed to you, you know, or Mariucci handed to you from George Seifer. You know, you're not getting that kind of opportunity. Um, now the downside of what I saw was that a lot of the coaches, unfortunately had losing records. <laughs> there are a lot of them that losing records. So it's like, okay, if they're let go after four years and they have a losing record, is that how fair or unfair is that? And, and it all depends. I think you have to take those situations individually and see. Um, but again, we're talking about going back to Art Shell. So we're talking just 20 African-American coaches going back to like the ni- late 1980s. So you're talking like, you know, 30 plus years. So you're, you're not even averaging the black coach a year. So that, that's where it gets to be kind of funky. And then the thing that irritated me was, I was like, you know, how many coaches were fired after winning seasons? Like, you shouldn't be fired after a winning season. Lovey Smith. No, no, no. no it, it, was, it was four that I found. Lovey Smith, Brian Flores. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. And Tony Dungy. Everybody forgets about Tony Dungy. <laughs> he was, was, Tony, he, right? was he fired? Yeah, he was fired. He was fired and Gruden came in. He didn't go. Oh, he's going to Tampa. I'm, I'm thinking Indianapolis. In, right, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. He walked away. Right. And yeah. right. Okay. Okay. And, and, and it's crazy because when you look at how these guys performed, Lovey, Lovey of the four I mentioned, Lovey had the, the most losing seasons. He had three losing seasons in nine years with the Bears. Um, Brian Flores started off with a horrible team. So, you know, the first year wasn't going to be good, but the last two seasons, winning seasons, 19 and 14, the last two seasons combined. Jim Caldwell goes to a Super Bowl with the Colts. He loses to the Saints, but goes to the Super Bowl with the Colts. And when he takes over the Lions, <laughs> he takes over the Lions. And I'm trying to say, well, give me a moment. His record with the Lions. <laughs> it's like, I didn't know they were that good. <laughs> His record with the Lions um, was 36 and 28. And they fired him. He went to the playoffs twice. Now he was 0-2 in the playoffs, but he took the Lions to the playoffs twice in the four years he was there. And that wasn't good enough for the Lions. 
<laughs> the Lions are like, ah, we need we need to step it up. You're not doing enough here. How did he leave Indianapolis? I was just I was just about to say, but like we look at how he left Indianapolis as like kind of justified. I don't think so either. No, after the Super Bowl the next year, Peyton goes and have neck surgery, and they go two and fourteen without right. the quarterback. Get the num. They fire him. Get right. the number one pick. Right. Who's Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck. Andrew yeah. Luck. But like, and hire Pagano. Like, you know, like. I agree. Like, yeah, that ain't I agree. Right. That ain't right. Like, but to 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 the point, he wasn't fired after a winning season. But right. yes, you're right. That's why I say sometimes you really have to look at them individually and see what was going on. What really was the story? You have to have more context. You can't just look at the numbers. You have to have more context. Yeah. And that's kind of the point, I guess, that I'm trying to make here is that sometimes. Not sometimes. A lot of the times, it seems when these when the black coaches are fired, there's like moving the goalpost type kind of situation. Now, Steve Wilkes with the Arizona Cardinals, he probably I don't want to say a person deserved to be fired, but he looked like he wasn't running the organization well. Even from outside, it looked like there's a lot of disarray and not a lot of organization. And the team felt, you know what, we need to cut our losses. But it's like, man, dude, just one year with a really bad team. Like if you gave him a chance with you know, of a real quarterback, you know, which they drafted the next year, how much differently might that situation have been? You know, sometimes you have to give a person a chance to learn from their mistakes. And I'll go back to what I said last week when I was uh, talking about uh, Pat Kerr, when the guy I listened to on NFL uh, radio, he, he was saying that if you fire, if you hire a new coach, if you don't give them five years, you're doing that coach a disservice because they have to learn and navigate how to be a head coach. And they're taking over a team that's probably bad. So they've got to weed out things. They've got to figure out what they're doing. They're going to make some mistakes, but then give them time to figure it out so that they can actually do something going forward. And if you're going to hire a coach that's already been a coach, then maybe three years because they should have those two years of figuring things out. You should kind of, they've already kind of done that with the previous team. And you look at the, at the, at the, uh, the Steelers and the way they, Mike Tomlin only had one losing record, only one losing season, only one losing season. No, I'm sorry. No, no losing season. I'm about to say no. No, I'm sorry. No losing. I meant to say um, Tony Dungy only had one losing season, and he took over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was his first year, right? That was his first year. We know how god awful they were. And with the with the and with the Colts, I'm sorry. I said with the Colts, he never had a season where he didn't win double digits. It just it just shows, man, that our people are held to a different standard. I mean, one coach that's not getting mentioned. And I, I mentioned the current coach of this team last episode, but Anthony Lynn was casted out to be a terrible coach last year with, with Justin Herbert. When this year, the next year with Brandon Staley, mm-hmm. he's single-handedly the reason they ain't make the playoffs, in my opinion, with his bonehead decisions. On top of the fact that they're calling him this boy genius and he was a – he was a defensive coordinator, correct? Oh, you mean Brandon Staley, the guy that, um, that went from being um, a linebacker's coach for the Bears in, for two years in 17 and 18 to being a linebacker's coach for the Broncos for 18, for just one year in, in 2018, and was the D.C. just one year with the Rams and then moved on to be a head coach? You mean that guy that got fast-tracked yeah, to head guy. coaching? Yeah, fast-tracked, and his mm-hmm. defense stinked. And they're giving him all this credit as being this innovator. Like, he wasn't an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. Like, why does his defense suck? Like, 
you know, like it, it just bothers me that we our guys are held to these type of standards, man. David Cully was was a was a let's hire him to see if we can keep Deshaun Watson. Happy. It seemed like that. It seemed like it was like let's hire let's hire any African American coach that agree to whatever we're offering him so that we can give the appearance that we're not racially insensitive. That's what it seemed I like. I know I know he had to take the job, but he probably shouldn't have. Sometimes mm-hmm. better just being pride, you know, and and if anybody was they were gonna try to cast it like who is he to not accept the job, but hey, sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet. Well, you say that, but you know how long he'd been coaching in the NFL? Yeah, since it 19- probably would have been, been a long time. Yeah. Since 1994. Yeah. Since 1994. But a guy like Brandon Staley gets fast tracked. <laughs> you know, and it's not to say that some players, I mean, Mike Tomlin, you know, sort of kind of, he was like five years before he became a head coach. Uh, and some of these guys have been in the NFL. Like you look at the uh, head coach for the Browns, you know, uh, Savansky. He's, he's been in the NFL for, for a long time. Position coach most of his career. I think he might have been a coordinator maybe one or two years. But you, when the guy's been in the league for like eight, nine, ten years, I'm not tripping so much. You know what I mean? Like maybe, I, you know, we don't, we don't know everybody. We don't know all the coaches. No, nobody keeps up with all that, especially the position coaches. But if you've been in the league for a long time, I, you know, okay, I'm not tripping. But if you've only been in there for a couple of years, you know, and you, or you've been a position coach and all of a sudden you go from being a position coach and you're a head coach. And then, you know, it's just like, really? Like you're that much more qualified than all these other people? Hmm. You know, it just kind of makes you wonder. And you look at a guy like Eric Bieniemy, and I think we've talked about it before. And I'm trying to understand if someone, and I don't know, I'm, I'm pleading to the listeners out there, please find me somebody that's been an offensive coordinator for four years, and within three of those, in three subsequent years, hell, every year you've been offensive coordinator, you've been to the AFC Championship game, and this year, you know, you're on your way. And you've been to back-to-back Super Bowls, and you won one of them. But every time they talk about you, your name is preceded by Andy Reid. So it makes it seem like you're not doing anything. But yet, our head coach that we just let go was only a coordinator for one year. Only a coordinator for one year. And then he got a head coaching job. We we pay the consequence for their mess-ups. It's just That's that's why. That's why being – and – Forgive me, because as a Bears fan who need a coach, I am one who has publicly said I don't want anyone from the Kansas City. Me too. Me you too. know, so forgive me for that, because partially I feel like I'm blocking a black man's opportunity. But, I mean, well, blame Matt Nagy. There's 31 you know, other teams. There's 31 yeah. other teams. You know what I'm saying? And it makes sense. If, if you go to that well and it, it, it was soured, you go back to that, your fans can be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Nagy ruined it for being me here, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm, I'm asking myself and, the question. And it, should, and it shouldn't be everywhere. Like you right. said, he ruined right. it for him here, but yeah. it shouldn't be everywhere. No, the other He's players. The, the, I mean, Matt Patricia ain't ruined it for other people. No. Brian Flores was a defensive guy in New England system. Right. Didn't hurt no. anything. Romeo Cornell was first, right? Didn't hurt it for the no. next. Coach. All those coaches didn't hurt it for any yeah. other coaches. <laughs> we talk about how bad that tree in New England's been, but they still go back to it. 
Well, he, you is know, he a, is is Cornell a Belichick guy or is he a Parcell? I feel like well, he's more Parcells. He's probably more Parcells, but you know, he was with Belichick when they won the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So it seems as though you're kind of you know. By by default, you kind of a Parcells because Parcells is a bill. He was he was. There I mean, with uh, the, Belichick's a bill guy. I was going to say he was. Uh, Cornell was there with the Giants, right? For right. Their so Super Bowls, they, right? That's that's more Parcells. So, what, so he was. Yeah, yeah. Bill was the coordinator though. Right. So right. I mean, it's a position coach and, under Bill. And Rome, I think Romeo was the. Uh, well, they came up together though, and Romeo right. was the D line coach, I believe. Oh, so. So we sh- we could have possibly been seeing Romeo Cornell and Tom Brady is what you indicate. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. not saying that. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, man, it, it sucks. But no one. And other thing, and I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm I'm belaboring a little bit, and I apologize. But the thing that annoys me the most, and it's not just the fact that. Some of the owners, or a lot of these owners, aren't necessarily casting a wide net like the Bears apparently seem to be doing this year. It's the media. The media does not talk up enough about talk these players up or coaches up enough. They really don't. They talk up the ones that they like, and it gets in everybody's head who these coaches are. Oh, this guy's up and coming. This guy's up and coming. It's like, how come no one's talking about Pep Hamilton as a head coach? This guy is like, it's like what gets six, seven, eight quarterbacks he's been a part of, and them being successful. Hell, he was a, the quarterback's coach slash offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans. So that Davis Mills, that third-round draft pick, he did more with that third-round draft pick than all the other guys did with the first-round talent. No one's talking about Pep Hamilton. No one's talking about, you know, can, can Lovey get a second job? Other coaches have gotten second jobs. He's a defensive coordinator for Houston Texans this year. They did a pretty good job. A oh, third job. I'm sorry. Third job. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I, that, that was a little Homer, yeah, little Homer yeah, talk yeah. right there. You know what's funny to me though? Like Dan Quinn last year wasn't wasn't shit. He, he wasn't nothing. He was a he, he was a pariah. <laughs> Those, take, he's, take, take, he's being labeled as the hottest coaching candidate. Right. What? How is he the hottest coaching candidate? How is Tom Bowles not the hottest coaching candidate? Oh, because you know Tom Brady makes oh, he, that team oh, better. Oh, he and and oh, he went to a Super Bowl. Forget forget what happened in the Super Bowl. He went to a Super Bowl. Like, yes, well, man. dude, Todd Bowles' team is still playing. Their and defense has been been hit with injuries. That's all what I'm year. saying. Everybody right. last year was saying you're giving Brady too much credit. It was Todd Bowles' defense, like. So why isn't he the hottest coaching candidate? Well, he's he's got an interview I mean, with the Bears got, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah I think I late. think he has a great chance of getting it. So who do you guys want? Is there a particular coach that you want? I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't know enough about these guys. You know, uh, outside of you know. Just what you hear about, uh, you know, this guy has the top offense. And I, I don't think that really matters to me at this point. I want somebody that's going to be a leader for this for this organization, and that's going to have the right guys around him to get the quarterback right. I, that's, I, I want somebody that's going to ruffle some feathers. So you know who that is. 
The right, guy got fired from Rocket Flats. <laughs> I want somebody that ain't gonna just sit and like, no, my shit ain't shit ain't looking right. I want somebody that's gonna get in get in some ass. Like, like I'm a big I like Bruce Arians. I know some people I like him because to me, he lets his coordinators do his job and he's he doing everything else. People might not like that he slapped that Adams on the head in that game because he was pulling the guy off about to get a penalty. Me, I loved it. Look, that's <laughs> a coach. Like, get your ass over there. Like, but he let his he let I want somebody of that nature that and I think Flores is that kind of guy though, that will let the coordinators do what they do, but he's going to be the overseer, making sure everything else is intact. Well, that's, you know, that's that's the main thing I want. That's what a head coach is supposed to be. Yeah. Now, I, I'm tired of these uh, the head coach coordinators, right? Like the weird like, kids. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily need a coach that that has play calling experience. I I don't need that. Like, you look like, at some of the successful ones. You know, Cower and Harbaugh were special teams coordinators. Yeah, the you know, so is Joe Judge. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> That guy was a clown. Like, I'm sorry, but when that dude got hired, I'm like, why did they hire this dude? He looks like he's and he came from Belichick's. I'm like, I don't know about that. That dude looks kind of like a clown. And and sure enough, (laughs) it's a clown show, bro. (laughs) Hey, we'll see how it ends up, though. I think. look. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just said, just see how it end up. I think, you know, they're talking about it enough now. It's going to be a few sympathy hires. Um, I don't know. I just, I just pray we're not one of those. Is, is, our, is our job one of the best jobs available? That's what a lot of people are That's saying. That's what they're saying. So you, between the Raiders, Broncos, and Bears – you're a head coach. Where do you want to go? Uh, I don't want to go so, to Las Vegas just because it's too much yeah. of a headache. Clearly, them guys don't know how to act. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vegas is – that's tough. Sin man. City was not yeah. supposed to get a football team. Yeah. <laughs> um, they clowning. Then you go Denver between Denver and the home. Bears. It's I, it's the Bears unless Denver can pull off getting getting a break. Uh, Rogers. That's how I view it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're the head as coach. Right, you don't you don't know if that's yeah, going to happen. Exactly. As exactly. of right as of right now, it's the Bears because they they seem to have the quarterback intact. But you they seem to have the quarterback, this. and I mean, top ten in cap space too. I know. Don't you? I know that we've we've talked about trading Mac and that sort of thing just to get. Uh, some extra picks, but honestly, if you just tweak that defense just a little bit, you still got a solid defense. Oh, it's not the defense I'm worried about. That's why I want to trade. That, that's why I think trading. Mac that's that's why. I'm, that's but yeah. that's why. I'm, that's why I'm saying that the Chicago job is so is so attractive because of that. You know, and and the bear the Bears are going to have money. They're going to have mm. money under the cap. So top 10 cap space. Yeah, so you got you got flexibility there. A, a GM can show their worth next year. 
for this coming off season. Coming off season with the Bears, they could they could show their creativity. I mean, hey, George put it out there; he's a fan. So <laughs> when I hire you as a GM, you got the keys, brother. Just do what you need to do. <laughs> you know, he he says he's a fan. You know, I I I think I said it to Ed. Somebody, I'm like, yeah, I was watching like a little montage they were showing of. <laughs> George, like he's outside talking to this person, he's in the hallway talking to you. He's standing, shaking his head, kind of smiling. You know, all these, you know, these little mod, little, you know, little, little mix, little, little melts and stuff of George, George, uh, George McCaskey, excuse me. And I'm like, you know what he looks like to me? He looks like he's happy to be in a room with the cool kids. <laughs> he's that, he's that wow. nerdy dude. It's just like, man, you know, this is yeah. so cool. Dude, you're owner of a billion dollar franchise. You yeah, should be the cool kid. Man, I told y'all he reminded me of my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> movies, Blank Check. Man, he's he's playing with free money right now. He's living the dream. Oh, dude, like, I just like I he, I just don't get. You've been through this. This is your your third uh, go around now. You grew up in you this. Should, you should know. You should be the guy that can make these decisions on your own. You shouldn't have to bring in a Bill Polian or an Ernie Accorsi to, to do these things. You should, you should know this because you've been around this organization for so long. That just, that, you, who's next in charge? Grew up in it. You know, I don't, I, they've always said that uh, uh, Brian McCaskey, who's the younger, uh, the younger brother. Oh, man, another people. Yeah. Well, people have said, where the grandkids? He should be the one that <laughs> he should be the one that that should be should have taken over. That's what a lot of people say. I don't I don't I, was, I don't know who the McCaskey family is. What the grandkids at? None of the grandkids playing Madden or nothing. Like, I, I don't know, but this George McCaskey Fredo from The Godfather. I'm smart. I, I can make decisions. <laughs> I, I can send, do things. Send George to run oh, some Mickey Mouse man. concession stand. Is Brian like you know little Al Pacino, <laughs> you know I, little Michael Corioli? <laughs> I'm smart. I, I actually, you know what? I actually, when I was uh, uh, when I was at Northwestern, uh, I actually went to school with one of the. I uh, took some classes with one of the McCaskey grandchildren. I, mm-hmm. I forget her name now. Uh, she was actually pretty. We were taking sports administration classes, and she was actually pretty pretty sharp. Well, I would hope so. You're born into it. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's maybe like in your blood. Maybe down the line, I've, like I said, uh-huh. this was this was years back. Maybe down the line, she'll be the one that 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 takes over. We'll, I don't know. Yeah, maybe something happens when you put the hat on. It just all of a sudden says dunce on it. You just can't <laughs> seem to do the right thing. You 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 seem like you're smart until you actually have to make a decision. Yeah. But <laughs> no, she was she was she was really. Sharp. She was sharp. Yeah, yeah, she was on it. I got it. Well, God bless that. her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the playoffs. Super, playoffs. Super, super, super wild card weekend. Blowout wild card weekend. <laughs> <laughs> do we? Do we need? Do we need fourteen teams? Um, if you're gonna bank it on Monday night, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, do, we, do we need a? Do we need a Monday night playoff game? Uh, I didn't. I actually didn't mind it, man. It was like, man, it's like, dude, you know, the playoffs lasted one extra. It just it made that one 
extra playoff game because it was the only one that night just made it seem like it was kind of special. Like they got the ass whooped, so it, the, the special mm-hmm. feeling right. kind of went away the pretty game, quick. The game sucked. Yeah. yeah. But what but, else are we going to do in the they, middle of January? But they, but they won the, <laughs> they won the extra team. That's, that's, that's true. true. That is true. true. Yeah. I mean, the two sixes got trashed, right? Three. Yeah. The was, Bills are the three, right? Yes. And they played the Patriots. It was the six. So, the, yeah. The sevens were the Steelers and the Eagles. Eagles. Right. right. So, you right. knew that one. Both, both they both got out. trashed. Right. So, right. so, what you're saying is basically the we could have just had two blowouts instead of <laughs> right. four blowouts. <laughs> I didn't I didn't need to see Bucks. Sixes and I didn't the sevens to... got got trashed. I, I, I fell asleep on Bucks Eagles and it was the early game. That's that's a problem. All right. Because that game was so bad. Um the Steelers looked like they were gonna hang in there for you know yeah, half they, a quarter. They Right, the first quarter. I said, yeah, I said the first, yeah, the first is the first half a quarter, and then uh, Kansas City just went off, and it was like, okay, (laughs) next on that, don't need to see this anymore. So I, I don't, I I don't know, I'm old school. I, I don't think, I don't think we need seven teams in the, in the. Hey, hey, I enjoyed every, I enjoyed every snap of Bill getting thrashed the way he did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Patriots getting smacked and just to hear the tap dance and then the media afterwards. Oh, it was a rookie, man. Just a few weeks ago, y'all were saying <laughs> this could be a Super Bowl team. Saying right. the Patriots got a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl than the Bucks. Like Bill is showing why it was him and Brady just was along <laughs> for the ride. Well, I enjoyed every minute of that. <laughs> Uh, Cowboys, Cowboys, Niners. That was actually a really good game. It should have been a blowout. Uh, Jimmy G made it a good game. He did. He did. He did try to give it away. Uh, the final play call, though, (laughs) (laughs) that baffled me. Slide five yards sooner, I guess. I don't know. No, that's just a stupid play call. Uh, Man, when I look, and if you're gonna, if if you're gonna go, you got to get out of bounds. They had it. They had it. The same college. The same college. They had it fenced out of bounds. That's why he yeah. went. That's, that's why, why he did went up the, the draw. Middle. Right. But yeah, and he can't really run anyway. When I I was looking down at something, and I happened to look up as he was running. I'm like, yeah. whoa, what, what is was he doing? It? Right. My thing was when he stopped. I was like, I'm there's like, no he way. About to, I'm like, are they about to do laterals? What is going on here? I was like, there's like, no way when he he's going to get that playoff. I said, oh no, they're not getting that playoff. There's no way. There's no way. Like I said, I think they they forgot they were in the NFL. You know, they thought in college they were in college where you know the, the clock stops. <laughs> Once you get to first down, right, the clock stops. Right, they got to right. set the chains. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, well, hold on. That play call. That guy, the offensive coordinator, is one of the ones they're touting for a head coaching job. I'm just saying. I will. Kellen Kel- Moore. Like so was that was, was that the play call? I don't know. I don't. Dude. I don't know I, if we'll ever know. I, no. No one's really taking. <laughs> They all saying they they all said it was. I can't so, I can't believe that a, that an NFL coach with 14 seconds to go on the clock would call for a draw. I I 
Dak said he sh- what GM said. Dak said he should have got down sooner. I can't believe that. Got down sooner. He had he had to he had nah. I yeah, he nah. five yards. He would have had the first. I mean, down. if he got down, so why are you sooner, wait, wait, so why are you playing for the five yards at that point? Just to the dumb, first it's down. It's a dumb play call. Clock. G. I don't, I don't you, you're right. <laughs> I, you're uh, not. You're hundred percent right. The play call was dumb. I was just watching but, that. That 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 made no sense. GM is also right. If he just ran five yards, they get a chance at one more play. <laughs> but just just instinctually, you don't do that. You 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 don't say, "Oh, I've gained five yards. Let me slide." I, that, hey, hey, I know that's not how it works. Look, <laughs> what the running gets good to you. I can get yeah, a few more yards. I can get a couple more. <laughs> I got time. I'm, I'm like, uh-huh. I would have rather them just. Just tried to barrel in and see if he could get there. Some I I literally thought they were about to start doing laterals because I'm like, wait, he's still running. What is going on here? They're not go- he's not gonna get down in time to get another playoff. Like, and sure enough. So we've what's the it's we've seen Monday and Tuesday. When will the Dallas Cowboys talk go away? It won't <laughs> it, 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 it won't because they should fire McCarthy and that just keep the talk going. I mean, that, that dude, it man, won't. I've, I've never seen a quarterback. I've never seen a head coach who's, who, and maybe I'm not saying it didn't exist, but I just can't recall where the team is so talented. They're winning and everyone can't, can't, they just sick of them. <laughs> they just want to get rid of him. It's like, dude, he's, he's costing us the games. He's, he, it's, it's, you know, he's going to make the bad decision at the wrong time. I and mean, you heard some of, you heard those rumblings in Green Bay. But, you know, Green Bay was, you know, up and down. But you're like, hey, you know, Aaron Rodgers can save the day, so on and so forth. Here, they're like, everything's in place. All we need is a head coach. Let's get one. But, That's one before. But, but here's my thing. Is everything in place? We keep saying that. We say that year after year. Everything is in place. And year after year, the Cowboys is either in the playoffs or out the playoffs. They tend to make the, they tend to have good records when they play in a third and fourth place schedule, by the way. Mm-hmm, no one true. seems to no one seems to recognize that. Like, <laughs> are they really as like are we overrating their talent? Because mm-hmm. they're so publicized to the world. I think somebody said it once. They're a talented, they're a team of talented individuals, but they're not a team. A team, yeah. And that's on where this pa- on paper, on, on paper, paper, they do have a what They're should loaded. be a, a, a pretty good team. Yeah. I mean, safety is a bit of an issue. The cornerbacks are okay. One had an exceptional year, but they're okay. But, you know, when healthy, they should be able to generate enough of a pass rush to help compensate for, you know, lockdown, the lack of lockdown corners. The linebackers going into the season were among the fastest in the NFL, but they can't stay healthy. But once again, I'm just saying things were in place. They went six and zero versus their division, and they were under under five hundred outside of it. You know, it's they dominate like they put on some dominant performances versus those teams in their division, which had the world thinking they're amazing, and then they get in the playoffs, and literally that game should have been probably thirty. 30 to seven. Right. But like, if they were a better team, they're a better coach team. Like, they win. But I'm saying it's not the talent. It's not that the talent wasn't there. If they're a better coach team, 
they should have crushed them. You know what I'm saying? You can see the talent, like you like you said. When you see them play a team that's talentless or less talented than them, they don't just win; they maul them. And then when they play teams that are talented, their lack of discipline and their lack of execution shows. And it doesn't matter if they're talented because they'll lose to a team that's a better team. So I don't think it's so much that the players. I don't think we're overrating their talent. I just think their coaching staff is a big. It's always been a big. It's basically been a big issue since Jimmy Johnson left. If you were to be honest, but yeah. That's why I don't put it on. I don't put it on McCarthy because he has no say so anyway. That's <laughs> that's 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 why that's why I jumped off of the uh, oh. Kellen Moore bandwagon. Like you remember, I I was saying Kellen Moore as as a hot coach, Kevin, and now I think hell no. Oh yeah, like, with you. because he he calls a shitty game. When you really pay attention to it, you know, and like I blame, I mean, yes, the head coach deserves blame because you shouldn't be a puppet. That's number one. But, but that's, but that's Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones don't want nobody that's going to challenge him. He wants somebody he can control. So I, I cast blame more so at Jerry and them coordinators. Dan Quinn, hottest, hottest, hottest candidate. Your defense out there. Randy Gregory out there playing offensive lineman on defense. What what's going on? <laughs> he, he I ain't never I never seen holding calls on running plays on the defense. <laughs> on the defense. That should that should never, never happen. I've never seen it. And then when you see the replay, it's like, well, damn. Right. That yeah. ain't I've never seen a defender do that. So, <laughs> so the only time. Yeah. On a screen, I've seen something like that similar on a screen sometimes, but never on a running play. <laughs> I was gonna say I I I was always taught that you could hold on the D line. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess Gregory learned the same place. Wait, wait, wait. the same place you did. Taught, I was taught that you on your uh, you if you do a uh, uh, you do a rip. Or if you're trying to shoot a gap, you grab what? you grab the the jersey and toss them. But yeah, what about yeah, tackling yeah. them though? But what about <laughs> you said grab the jersey, tackle them? Um, yes, what about hugging, bear hugging? And <laughs> well, that's I don't and doing a and doing a uh, hip well, you don't you don't you don't you don't want the offensive lineman to have to have that much uh, body on you. So that that yeah that shouldn't even be a. <laughs> That was just a really bad, bad play yeah, on this part. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a symptomatic of just how just out of out of whack that team is. Just that's just that's an out of whack play in a playoff situation. I, <laughs> let me do that in preseason. Okay, I get it. The playoffs, playoffs. But yeah, yeah they're not firing Dan Quinn. That's though. something new. Well, Dan Quinn's got an interview yeah. with the Bears coming up. I mean, not Dan Quinn. They not firing McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. Uh, mm, might be an outcry enough. All right. Well, we'll say that. We- how, how many outcries was it for Jason Garrett? It, it took him forever to do it. But Garrett had pictures. <laughs> Garrett had blackmail pictures. <laughs> we all Jason know that. Garrett, Jason Garrett been around forever. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to he was trying to make Jason Garrett the next uh Tom Landry. True. So we got uh we got um 
what should be a, a really good divisional playoff. Uh, Cincinnati at uh, Tennessee. San Francisco goes out to Green Bay. Uh, the Rams are going to Tampa and Buffalo goes to Kansas City. So that was a, some uh, four, four really good games. games. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say when you asked your question earlier. Do we need all these playoff games? I was like, you know, yeah, there, there were some blows, most definitely. And probably two, three of those teams probably shouldn't even necessarily been in the playoffs. But I thought it was a nice primer, you know, just to get a little bit like, you know, just get a little bit lathered up going into the next week where it really gets intense. We, you know? we had we had 17 weeks to get primed for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but the regular season, playoff, even if it's quote-unquote bad teams, playoffs just mean more. Regular season's like, yeah, okay, it's regular season. Come on, come on, let's get to the playoffs. When we get to the playoffs, it's just a little bit more intensity. You know, like even in the first round of the NBA playoffs, you know that the one's going to beat the eight more times than not, you know, but – it's like it's you know, some, some some sometimes those first round you know games they get to be a little good at least for you know a game or two or whatever, and it gets you ready for that next division that next round of playoffs when you're like all right now now we got the better teams now we're gonna well, get into it. That's why I always like the five game series in the first round in the NBA. Yes, I agree. I hate that they took that away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that way it gives the eight. They took, somewhat they, of a chance. They took that away because yeah. they was fearful the Lakers was gonna lose one of them in the first round <laughs> with Kobe with Kobe and Shaq. I'm for real. They drew they drew an eight seed that, that had the potential to beat them. You are the king of conspiracies. They changed. <laughs> no, he I, might he might be right about that. Or did or did the uh, Seattle Supersonics go? Man, why didn't y'all just extend that to seven? We got the Kimmy Mutombo. Holding the ball, going ah. This you you bring up that Seattle series. People forget the year before ninety three. Mm-hmm. Phoenix went down 0-2 to ah, I forget who the team was, but it was the one versus eight. Phoenix was the one. This was the Barkley, Dan Marley, okay. Danny Ainge uh, team. Uh, okay, the one that lost to uh, the Bulls in the finals. They went down 0-2 in the first round. Of a, really? of a yeah, five game series, and they came back and won three straight. So, hmm. I think I said, I Bulls before. What's that? Didn't that ha- did that that didn't happen to the Bulls before? Never, not not no. the Michael Jordan there. They, they went, went down. down the only time they went down 0-2 was the uh, Eastern Seven Conference game series against Knicks. New York. Right. Against New York, that's yeah. what it was. That's and what the it Bulls, was. the Bulls came back and won four straight. They won in six. But to but, your uh, point, to your point is like some of the great series where the single you know or the five game series and hey we have a the most iconic chicago moment basketball wise with michael jordan hitting the shot against cleveland if, yeah that's right yeah if that goes seven i don't know i don't know if we win that if it goes seven we might yeah but i don't know but five because because we we almost lost that one I mean, you know remember they but, lost the bulls lost uh they went on six against cleveland that year right in the regular season yeah yeah they, they couldn't handle yeah, it yeah so, uh, so yeah, let's go to picks. And uh, last week, um, for the third straight week in a row, and I have no money to show for it, I went 3-0. <laughs> wow. Why don't you bet on your picks that I you make here? <laughs> clearly, because if I bet on them, they would all go to, go to shit. Um, Glenn, you went, you went one and two this week. Oh, that's an upgrade. Um, <laughs> You won the 49er game, but lost the uh, 
You took the Raiders and the Cardinals. So lost both of those. And let me guess, you picked the teams opposite that I picked, so it helped you to three and uh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Smoke, you went two and one this week. Man, god dang, on Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, my three and oh, I took the Bengals, Bills, and the Rams. So, uh, good week man. for me, Brandon. Man, if I pick a team, go opposite. Just the key here, bro. Blaine, you're you're up first. What you got? I'm going to ruin it for everybody here. Everybody in the city of Cincinnati is going to despise me. I'm taking the Bengals plus three and a half. All you fans who thought can't see us going back to the Super Bowl, nope. I'm taking KC minus two. And for you who thought you might see a championship. Wait, you taking KC or you taking Buffalo? No, I'm taking KC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that means I'm going to screw them up. Buffalo's going to win. So. Oh, oh, that's why. Okay, okay, okay. okay I, got right. it, I got it. I got it. For all of you who thought you were going to see a Tampa Bay Kansas City rematch, not this year because I'm taking the Buccaneers minus two and a half. <laughs> all right, so I got you with the Bengals plus three and a half, the mm-hmm. Chiefs minus two, and the Bucks minus two and a half. Yes, sir. Smoke, what you got? I'm going. I'm going all underdogs. I'm going Bengals also plus what is it? Plus three and a half. Three and a half. Yep. Yep. Going Bengals plus three and a half. I'm going Niners plus six, and I'm going Bills plus two. So I got you with the Bengals plus three and a half, 49ers plus the six, and Bills plus two. My turn. I'm going to take, and I uh, hate to do this, but got to. I'm taking the Bengals as well, plus the three and a half. Uh, I'm taking Green Bay minus six up at Lambeau. And I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay minus a three. I thought they were minus two and a half. Uh, On points bet. I do see that at points bet. I see three at, I'll take the two and a half. That's fine. That just helped you out. (laughs) (laughs) So Bengals plus three and a half, Packers minus six, Bucks minus a two and a half. I guess we really love Joe Burrow this week. So we shall see. We just know that Tennessee can't score. Yeah, yeah. Is is Henry going to be back? He's practicing, uh, yes. but he's been practicing out. Yeah, I don't know if he's gonna be back. Yeah, I still I still like the Bengals. Still like the Bengals. Uh before we go, just wanted to uh give our condolences out to the family and friends of uh Les Grobstein, Chicago uh radio icon who uh, passed away over the weekend. Um Les I, I always whenever I was out at games in the press box, Les was always there. Uh, no matter where it was, um, and very nice guy. Um, and I, I loved his overnight show. Um, I don't know, Glenn, you may remember this back, um, uh, before I got married in order to make some extra money, I decided to drive Uber right. and I would do late nights on Uber and, uh, Les Grobstein, uh, his overnight show on the score would get me through that. Uh, the callers on there were always interesting and, and he would, man, usually on a sports radio show, if you called in and you, you know, you would give your say for 30 seconds and that's it, you know, hang up and listen to what, what, what you had to say. 
Lesser let you talk for as long as you wanted to, man. You, <laughs> you had 20 minutes. Hey, he, he'll give it to you. <laughs> so uh, so I always always enjoyed that. I always oh. enjoyed his overnight shows uh, to less. Rest in peace. Yeah, I, ju- I just had to mention, you know, y- y'all got us in, in football, you know, Simeon. Oh, I know where you're going yeah. with this. Yeah, you, the boy, you, you know, when it comes to the hoops. Simeon had to had to set set the standard, you know. So got y'all in the regular season. I mean, playoffs still to come. We only got to, we only got the city playoffs because we three A y'all four A come state. So here's here's the deal. Shout out shout out to uh, uh, Eugene McIntosh, the Bigs. They've been um, they've been live streaming a bunch of the Kenwood uh, games this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got to catch the end of that game, of yeah. the Simeon-Kimwood game. Kimwood was – hey, if they had just, just a couple more minutes, Kimwood would have pulled <laughs> that game off. I just want to throw that out. Simeon, they, was, they kept pulling out to try to drain <laughs> clock. Just throwing that out there. So, yeah, we'll, hey. we'll, we'll, we'll see you later on. You got, <laughs> us, you got us in the regular season. You know, No doubt about it. But we're we going to be all right, though. Broncos are going to be all right. And with that, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM podcast. Thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Don't take your listens lightly. You can catch us at Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also catch us at hp53productions.com. There you'll find a link to our podcast as well as the Super Duper podcast hosted by Rob Griggs and the Father Good podcast hosted by Marshall Givens. They just put up a really, really good episode uh, for that podcast today. Uh, So definitely go check it out. Um, And with that, Glenn. Yes, sir. Please take us out. Hey. It's like we always say, people, we ain't saying we're right. We just don't think we're wrong. We'll catch you next week. Mm.